0: Hi, and welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, EJ Fed Talks. How's everybody doing? It's the the end of January as I record this. Uh, that is in no way pertinent to anything I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know why I had to lead in with telling you what day I'm recording, but now you know in case there was any question. Uh now, my immediate thought when I was sitting down to record an episode was uh, I should talk about the uh, the DC TV and movie announcements, but I don't feel like it. Here's the thing. I talked about a lot of nerd stuff lately, and I will get to some today because, uh, you know, we have franchise, the franchise report still going. But I don't know. I talked a lot about superheroes last week and the week before. And uh, we'll look at it. we'll talk about it in the future. Also, I'm I think this is the the third five year plan for DC I've seen in the last eight years, and they've been held together by nothing but gossamer threads and crossed fingers. And I think James Gunn has very good intentions, and I like him a lot. But uh, with all the turmoil over at the parent company, I think half the stuff that they announced will never actually happen. So, yes, I'm happy. I'm, I'm beyond happy that they went and said, yeah, we're doing a Booster Gold TV show. I don't think it'll ever happen. Um, I guess the one thing that I really like, besides that they announced two separate Batman movies, <laughs> can't get enough of those, is uh, uh, the Superman script that James Gunn is writing and he said it's about how Superman embodies kindness in a world that thinks kindness is old-fashioned, and that is such a uh, beautiful take in general, and uh, it sounds very close to how I think of Superman, so I am excited to see that. But I also don't necessarily believe there's ever going to be a authority movie, but we'll talk about that in the future. I'm gonna take a take a little break from superhero talk to talk normal stuff. Um, I I don't know what people talk about. Um, <laughs> actually, personal insight. Uh, got I got some, some stuff going on this week, but uh, I I joined some some groups. On, there's an app called Meetup and I joined some local groups and I'm too scared to go to any of the events and most of our are weeknights and I don't want to go out on a weeknight um, you know there's like bar trivia and that seems fun I don't want to do bar trivia on a Tuesday uh, work takes too much out of me but uh, one of the groups I joined is for singles in their 30s and 40s and Every time there's an event it gets filled real fast Or it's during the week Or it's something I would not like to do And They they Put one up that was a uh, Just sort of a group dinner At a local Mexican restaurant that I like And uh, what the hell I'll sign up for that You know I'm just I'm trying to widen my social circle My Sunday friends are very nice people But they need a break from me I I ask a lot. It'd just be be nice to know some more people. And so I signed up, and uh, it's a 12-person limit. And yesterday, it was 11 women and me, which is terrifying because I can't engage one person in conversation. And it's going to seem, uh, not that I'm expected to engage everybody in conversation simultaneously, it's just when you're the only one of something, uh, there is undue attention. But then one of the one of the women uh, canceled, so another guy took one of the empty spots, and now it's 10 women and two guys, and I don't feel like I do well with comparison to literally any other man. So now it's like, well, now who's going to listen to me? There's another guy there. I don't know. I've managed to make myself very nervous about this thing with absolutely no stakes. Because it turns out I am bad at doing social things. Probably does not come as a surprise. Um, so anyway, Friday, Friday evening, give a good thought to EJ, who is extremely uncomfortable in that moment. Um, beyond that, you know what? Let's do some good old-fashioned recommendations that are not superhero-related because uh, up until the franchise report, I've taken a, take, taken a week off from, from that, which is difficult because Ant-Man is coming out very soon and he is canonically my best friend. Uh, let's talk about a couple TV shows that are good. Uh, one, and we, we talked about it a little on the... Uh, something, something we were looking forward to on the best shows of 2022 episode with Haley is a poker face on Peacock created by Ryan Johnson of the Knives Out franchise and the Last Jedi and Looper and uh, uh, brick Brick was him yes uh, and some of the best breaking bad episodes. he's real good. I like Ryan Johnson a lot and uh, uh, this stars Natasha Leone as a woman who can tell when people are lying and it is a... Old-fashioned episodic mystery, and it's in the Columbo style where where uh, we see the murder happen uh, at the beginning of the of each episode. so there is no surprise for us. And in fact, there's usually a time jump involved because we almost then immediately will see her interacting with the person who is to be murdered. Um, I don't know if that's going to keep up through the series, but I've watched the first three episodes now, and they all do that, uh, which is very fun. It, it's it, it it's a lot of fun to try to because now you know now the surprise is going to be when the murder happens. Uh, and also as of the end of the first episode, she is on the run, so it's like like the fugitive or the the Bill Bixby Hulk show where a uh, different location every week, helping somebody out. And it's it's really funny and good. Uh, there's probably a better way to say that, but it's, it's very cleverly written. The mysteries have been, uh, again, not really mysteries, but uh, they're a mystery to her because she knows when somebody is lying, but that doesn't mean she knows what the truth is. So seeing her solve it, is, is very fun. Uh, Natasha Leone, I think, is really funny. She was a bright spot when I spent nine uh nine weeks watching the American Pie franchise. And she's only in three of them, I believe. But in all the ones she's in, she's the funniest person in them. Um and it's it it's really clever. There's something that really made me laugh in the first episode is 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 the one of the, the the antagonist's thugs casually references burn notice. <laughs> With like, yeah, he's a regular Michael Weston. <laughs> Which I love Burn Notice and that's a very funny reference to make in 2023. Uh but it's great. Check it out if you have Peacock is really kind of uh kind of hitting it out of the park lately. They've uh Paul T. Goldman is an early favorite for the year. Um, and a couple of weeks, maybe I'll talk about the, the whole, now that the whole series is out and I've had time to, to, uh, reflect and, and, and take it all in. Uh, but I thought the finale was fantastic. Um, but so that's Peacock, Poker Face is Peacock. Uh, I'm just looking through, I kind of made a list of things I'm looking forward to, and I feel like there's some more Peacock stuff. Uh yeah, coming in April, there's a show called Mrs. Davis, which is created by Damon Lindelof of Lost and the Leftovers. So ding ding ding. <laughs> what a dork. Ding ding ding. Uh it, Betty Gilpin from Glow is a nun who's battling an artificial intelligence known as Mrs. Davis. That sounds great, right? Um. Um I can't find my list right now, but they're Peacock is, is getting... And now that's where you go for NBC shows, too. It's kind of quietly becoming one of the better streaming services as all the other ones seem to be contracting right now. Uh, either canceling renewed shows instead of airing seasons that have been shot or doing the Warner-HBO nonsense where... I don't need to keep talking about that. It It irritates me. But Peacock my two favorite shows of the year so far on The Mighty Mighty Peacock. Uh, another one that I talked about a little last week, and now everybody's talking about it, but that's because they had an absolute banger of a third episode, is uh, The Last of Us. Uh, and as perhaps established here, I don't like zombie stuff. I, I, I watched The Walking Dead for a while until I couldn't stand it. And there's... uh, I know how how zombie fiction tends to be like secretly really right-wing. And it just doesn't click with me. uh. But and, And The Last of Us, based on the video game, which would seem to be a strike against it, even for me, who loves video games, because every video game adaptation I can think of except for Detective Pikachu has been pretty bad. Um, and no, the, the animated Castlevania on Netflix does not get a pass. I didn't like it. And also all the episodes were written by Warren Ellis, who's a sexual predator. So, uh, don't really feel the need to power through those. Um, but you know, it is a game that's got a pretty dense story, uh, and I did not play much of the game, but I know how the story goes just from existing in the video game world. And, uh, but but it, it's actually a, it, it so far seems extremely thoughtful. And uh, especially with this, this episode is doing a great job of moving past uh, what the game could do. This This episode is just a side story of a couple of guys who, find love after the apocalypse and then it takes us through their life together and it's 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 genuinely really beautiful um and i think uh it it can't be overstated one of the two men is nick offerman who i mean let's be honest he's a favorite he's 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 ron swanson for god's sake. He's like he's like the best. I'm a huge fan. This is maybe his best work, and it is not, not at all funny. Really, it is. It's just this really, really well done story. I absolutely loved it. It Was very touching. Nick Offerman made me cry. Um, the other man is uh, Murray Bartlett, who I have seen on a oh, duh, he he's Armand in the first season of The White Lotus. That is why I couldn't figure... That's who he was. I couldn't figure it out. It was haunting me. Uh, And he's also in Welcome to Chippendales, which I just started watching. The dude's everywhere these days. Uh, And I don't think I ever knew his name. Uh, Point is, The Last of Us is... I, I liked it. for This was just this really beautiful little side story that you couldn't do in a video game simply because there isn't a... (laughs) <laughs> there, there's not an interactive element to it. Um, well, you could maybe make it one of those weird, sad Steam games that's where you, you know, try to plate sushi perfectly or something. But it it wouldn't have fit into the video game that The Last of Us is because, you know, and I, I I'll, I'm I'm one of the first to stick up for video games as art. They're just not specifically this kind of art because, uh, again, this is, this, this is, is storytelling, um, that, that doesn't really have an a, a element of player choice involved. I'm saying this badly, but it would be, it, it would not be a thing you would do in a big video game where you just tell this sad story of a relationship. Um, Why am I so bad at talking about things? I like video games. It's making it sound like you can't do good storytelling. You can do good storytelling in it. They just didn't have this story in The Last of Us. Since it doesn't involve the character that you play, I think is maybe the... God, why am I making such a mess of this? I should delete this episode and start over. But also, I'm very tired, and if I don't just power through that's that much longer, I have to stay up and... Boy, I'm making my life sound bleak, aren't I? Uh, but those have been the TV things I have really enjoyed. Uh, and I've got a movie, like a regular, a regular movie. And it just also just came to Peacock, uh, Tar, which is the uh, the movie where Kate Blanchett plays a, a a conductor who is <laughs> n- not a great person. <laughs> And she sort of has your sympathy for longer than she should because she's Kate Blanchett and it's such a good performance. But she is an awful, awful person. Um, It is uh, Todd Field directed. I I think it's been like 13 years since he directed a movie. Uh, But it's, it's got a lot of Oscar. I guess it's not Oscar buzz anymore once the nominations are out. It's got a lot of nominations. Best Picture and Best Actress and I believe Best Director surely uh it is it's a movie i wanted to see in theaters Uh, It was re-released for the oscars and i thought i would go but we had a bad snowstorm over the weekend so that was not really an option and i wanted to see it in a theater instead of at home because it is a long movie it's two hours 40 something minutes and i have a hard time staying engaged with that particularly movie like this which is going to be all people talking and reacting to things um, you know there are no scenes of Ant-Man getting big and punching a space whale and I have a little because you're in your house There's you could look at your phone it's harder to dial in and I thought it deserved a movie theater showing but I was riveted the whole time even with access to my phone um, it, it's it's here's the 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 thing, and maybe this isn't. It's not as unusual as I'm making it in my in my brain, but uh, uh, it, it's Kate Blanchett is in every scene of the movie. Like she's almost always on screen. And, and I know that's not, not like unheard of, but it's unusual now where, you know, most movies have, have an ensemble or will take you to something the main character couldn't have known or, or, or set something up. And you are just with this character the whole time. And she's, she's fascinating. It's, it's, it's. God, I'm really I'm bad at talking about things that are artistic, but it's really beautifully done and just perfectly acted. And it is genuinely other than than uh uh Kate Blanchett, uh Mark Strong is in it a little, and you hear the voice of Alec Baldwin at one point, it is probably nobody you recognize. And they're they're all good, but it's all a lot of faces you will not know, which uh is a thing I appreciate. I mean, it's always good to be introduced to new talent, but also, you know, you're not to some degree. You're you see a famous person acting, and you're thinking about you have associations with that person, and this having almost all people who were completely unfamiliar to me. I I, I had none of that baggage. Uh, it's amazing. It's you know what it was. I didn't go to as many movies this year as I have in past years. Uh more than I did last year. Uh obviously but once once COVID happened I didn't see any movies for a year plus until I was vaccinated. And uh uh but still you know times where I would see two movies in a weekend and I it's a good month if I see three total and more likely it's two. Um, And partly it's because the releases are all screwed up and movie theaters struggled for so long that little weird movies aren't, at least around me, aren't really spending any time in the theaters. And, you know, it's a few big things. Uh, Some, I mean, Top Gun Maverick stuck around for, I bet I could still go to a local theater and see it. And I'm not the biggest fan of Top Gun Maverick, but I'm I'm glad something was a big hit and it's not objectionable in any way. I I enjoyed watching it. I just I probably talked about it. If not I'll look back. If I haven't talked about my issues with Top Gun Maverick, maybe we'll uh maybe that'll be a future episode. But it it you know, it's not like it's offensive that it did so well, but all year, it's been taking up a spot at the theater that that Tar or uh, you know Marcel Shell could have had. But still, especially towards the end of the year, got some got some real great movies kind of hit. Uh, uh, the Banshees of Inisherin is is ter- possibly my favorite of the year uh, until I really run through all the numbers. Uh, Tar, The Fablemans, uh, The Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio was fantastic. Uh, um, Confess, Fletch, loved Confess, Fletch. I'd watch, I'd watch that seven days a week. Uh, so fun, Glass Onion. Uh, I feel like there's another animated thing that I really, really enjoyed, and I, I can't think of it now, but. Towards the end of the year, we got this nice run of of, of high-quality movies. And I'm, I'm hoping next year brings more interesting stuff, too. Beyond Ant-Man 3 and Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which, you know, are my, my favorites. <laughs> i I got no beef with the franchise movies, you understand. Uh, still have not seen Avatar 2. I probably won't because I... I don't care about the avatar world and it's a 3 hour plus movie. And even for me that's a lot of time to spend with something I'm I'm disinterested in at best. You make it an hour and a half, I'll go I'll go see your movie just to sit in a pleasant climate. But uh yeah, that's where we are with movies. I don't think anything is really opening this. Uh, some more Oscar stuff is rotating through my local theater. But I don't think... Uh, some of the stuff I missed does not seem to be coming back. Uh, so look, I don't know. If there's a movie I should see this weekend, let me know what it is. Uh, next weekend is... Uh, Allison Breeze movie... Somebody... I cannot remember the name of it. Damn it. Um, I'm going to fill time while I quickly Google it. And I don't even know if that's coming to theaters. I know it's on Amazon. But sometimes that stuff gets a one-week theatrical run. And uh, that would be fun. Uh, What is the title? The title is somehow not on IMDb. Somebody I used to know. That's it. Um that lo- that looks very fun and uh Abed from community is in it. So that'll be in fun reunion. Uh so that's that's this week and then uh, or rather next week and then then Ant-Man. So look, I'll be okay. This week I don't think there's anything. I got nothing this week but I'm going to be uncomfortable at a at a thing. So how about if we all just enjoy that? Uh, this is fallen into incoherence at this point. Uh, hey, how about now if we just jump into the franchise report and and wrap this thing up? Ah, uh, oh, before I do, next week, ideally, it is not recorded yet, so I could be time could make a fool of me. Uh, I'm getting back to the. Uh, short-lived TV show episodes. Um, I'm going to try to do one a month because that's about all I can handle without it dominating my my TV viewing schedule. Uh, And next week, we're going to be talking about Best Friends Forever. The 2012 NBC sitcom lasted for six episodes. Uh, Lennon Parham and Jessica St. Clair both, uh, I would say, were friends of my old website. I'm looking forward to talking about about these very nice people who did a good job, and I am excited to talk to my guest. Who uh, hopefully we don't run into any issues, and I don't, uh, uh, and this actually gets recorded. Who knows? I feel like I'm jinxing myself now. Um. So, but that'll happen next week, and then, uh, so you get a double franchise report. Talk about that in just a second after the real franchise report. Uh, first off, in the board movies, The board Legacy, which is the one they made without Matt Damon because he didn't feel like doing it. Um, Jeremy Renner, who seems like he's recovering, although things are still very bad. Uh, and I like him as Hawkeye, so let's give a good thought to... I mean, obviously, give a good thought to the man regardless, he's a human being. Um, but yeah, you have Jeremy Renner as another another person in the Treadstone program. And again, I'm not super engaged with the Treadstone mythology for some reason. I think it's because they did that Treadstone series on USA that turned out real bad. And it killed my interest. But this is... Uh, for one thing, it's sort of a... a The, the board series sort of inspired the the good Mission Impossible movies, uh, four, through, four through six, and and the Daniel Craig James Bonds. And this is coming out after uh, Ghost Protocol and a couple of Daniel Craig Bonds. And so they sort of up their game action-wise. And there's some there's some great set pieces. And any movie at this point that doesn't have a motorcycle chase through a European street feels like a ripoff um, and the like I said I don't totally vibe with the treadstone stuff but this does have the the thing where he needs to take these pills to stay alive uh, as part of the program and so that puts a just puts a nice ticking clock on it that's not just about uncovering information uh, and it it uh, yeah throws throw some fun fun twists to the formula i i really enjoyed watching it uh it is shocking how many marvel people are in this uh already noted jeremy renner uh rachel Weiss is this is co-lead uh black widow's mother of course uh ed norton the former hulk uh scott glenn from daredevil uh michael churness from uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, and more importantly, possibly Patriot. Uh, he's in it. Corey Stoll, who played Yellow Jacket in the Ant-Man movies. Uh, and out of nowhere, Oscar Moondite Isaac is just in this. A, a pre-famous Oscar Isaac just has a small role in it, and it is jarring when you see him. Um, So not a huge amount to say about it. I really had fun watching it, though. I feel like if I dialed in on the, the mythology of it more, I'd have more to say, but just me enjoying a movie. And then I also, for the final stretch of my of superhero franchises in this section, is uh, 2004's Hellboy, the Guillermo del Toro, Ron Perlman one. I have mentioned in the past several times probably that I really got into the Hellboy comics over... Uh, the early days of, of the pandemic after not really following them that much for for years. And I love them and that's about all I'm... There, there's so many spinoffs that I'm reading now and that's like 90% of what I read in comics these days. Uh, that and old issues of Daredevil. And, and I really love it and I haven't seen the movie in a long time uh but the the here's the thing it's it's a lot of fun it's the differences in in tone and approach really stand out because that always happens with adaptations but hellboy is largely the work of one guy so there's sort of one take on hellboy and this is uh you know less moody Um, there's some, some weird stuff where he's, (laughs) like, Hellboy really likes cats in the movie, which does not really amount to anything, but it makes for a fun scene where he is literally saving a box of kittens while fighting a demon. Um, you know, and they, they give you this new point of view character who you're supposed to identify with as he takes in the weirdness of Hellboy and Abe Sapien. And it's like, no, those are... Hellboy's the, your point of view character because even though he's he's a man from hell he's just a regular guy who's doing a job and his job is punching monsters. Um, And stuff like the, the Clockwork Corpse Ninja would not really fit into the comic but it was still it fits into Guillermo del Toro's oeuvre. Uh And it's it was a it was a lot of fun. I had a great time watching it. You know, the the discrepancies didn't really bother me because I'm just having fun with Hellboy, my friend Hellboy. Um, and it, it's it's weird because it two thousand and four it's it's superhero-ish, you know, it's it's more sort of action horror, but with the comic roots, and Hellboy sort of has the the iconography of a superhero. There weren't really superhero movies when this came out. You know, there'd been a couple of X-Men and I think a Spider-Man movie, maybe two. Uh but the the Marvel universe hadn't really kicked off. And so this is just like a a mid-budget uh uh superhero movie of the kind that does not exist anymore. And you know it's weird to see Guillermo del Toro working in in that kind of framework and but it's it's so fun uh and some of the the designs are straight from from the comics like the 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 monster is the one from the first mini series and it it's got Hellboy with the Talking Corpse on his back. You know, so it's these little the story doesn't really follow anything anything directly, but a lot of these little touches are in there. Um and I know Jeffrey Tambor's been sort of sort of uh exposed as a creep, but he was in arrested development and I still like seeing him and him as the Weasley head of the BRPD was very funny. Uh John Hurt as uh as Professor Broom. Uh that was cool because uh, you know, his his Doctor Who rule, which came much later, has left me more I feel more connected to, to John Hurt now. Uh, You know, I see that guy and it's like, yeah, there's the war doctor. Uh He's good. It's, yeah, it's very weird that they, you're supposed to be paying attention to this new recruit who's just taking it all in. It's, and I don't think he makes it to the second movie. I think the second movie is just like, no, no, it's okay for Hellboy to be the main character. Uh I guess one thing that jumped out at me, and it happened in Pokerface too, was Tom Waits' music. Second episode of, po- of Pokerface opens with Yesterday's Here from, the, from Frank's Wild Years. And in Hellboy, the first time you see Hellboy, he is listening to Heart Attack and Vine off of the album of the same name. So, you know, the fact that Hellboy is canonically in the movies a Tom Waits fan makes him even more my favorite. Um, it's great. I'm looking forward to watching the second one this week because I remember liking that one a lot more. I think it's bigger and sillier um, in a good way. And and s- since we have a, since we have a guest episode next week, in two weeks, I will finish up the Bourne series with Jason Bourne. I'll finish up Hellboy with Hellboy Two the Golden Army. And I will start Alien and Police Academy. I am looking forward to and dreading that. So that'll be fun for everybody. And that's all I have to say. Uh, Remember to check out teesbysummer.com. You got mugs, you got a water bottle, you got shirts. It's all very good. I own one of everything in the store quite frankly I bought it all something goes up I'm buying it uh, and some of the mugs I have you know some of the t-shirts I have multiples up because I've had to start buying them in a smaller size yeah that's right uh, so check it out buy something it's very good uh, a bunch of friends of mine have bought stuff from there uh, and and everybody everybody's very happy Look, what more can I say? There's been almost 100 episodes of me telling you how great tease by Summer is. How about, if you, how about if you listen for once in your damn life? Um, uh, the part where I got angry was not approved by my sponsor, and I apologize. Uh, we are coming up on 100 episodes. If you have any ideas for what I should do with my 100th episode, uh, email me at fedtalks at yahoo.com. Or hit me on Twitter at EJFetis or on Instagram at EJFetis. Uh, over on Instagram, I'm still doing one old issue of Daredevil a day. As I record this, I'm just finishing up January. Uh, obviously, finishing up January, but that's 31 issues. Uh, and I have going to put a, a longer post about the full month on theapehive.com. That'll be up in a couple days. Check that out. I've got a lot to say about old issues of Daredevil about which I knew nothing and about which I know only slightly more now because they are perplexing. Uh over on TikTok I'm doing bad movie reviews at EJ Fetis. Um that's about all the places I do stuff. Um I'm sort of considering a new a new a new Twitter format for a, a very dumb joke that I think I can do over and over. And I'll just tell you what it is because I, I posted one and I, I I was at Walmart and they have Funko Pops. And one of the ones I had was of director Patty Jenkins. Sure, why not? So I took a picture of it and I posted it with the caption more like partly Jenkins. And that quote is, is uh, attributed to a guy who thought Funko Pops would be bigger. And I feel like I could do that joke a hundred times. I just have to come up with... any uh, Anytime I spot a, a Funko, that I can do a, a, a small pun. I don't know why I think that's funny. I'm not even sure that I think it's funny, but I'm going to do it. So if that doesn't have you following me on Twitter, what will? Um, Half-Assed Bits. That's what we got. Come back next week when... Uh, provided nothing goes wrong, we will be talking about best friends forever with a very good guest. Uh, and enjoy your week. Uh, so that's this in two weeks,'ll be back with regular nonsense where I talk about movies and um, hey, everybody, take care of yourselves. It's a It's a bad world out there. Stuff's messed up. Give a good thought for me Friday evening when I put myself in an uncomfortable social situation. And then on Saturday, when, barring any injury, I will hit 365 days of 10,000 plus steps. A full year. I don't know what I do when I hit a full year. I assume I just disappear into the ocean like Godzilla before me, reappearing only when humanity needs me most. So think of me this weekend. Or, or don't. I can't make you do anything. Um, that's all I got. Bye. Fed Talks is a Faux Boys production. Wee, 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 wee!